it's getting harder for some trees to breathe. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. For the last 12 months, the average global temperature reached 1.52 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial era, a level never before endured by humans and above the 1.5 degree limit set in the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. Whether it persists will be measured over decades, but the world's infrastructure, including homes and power grids, was not designed for this heat and will be strained more with every tenth of a degree rise. However, the global average temperature may actually have surpassed the 1.5 Celsius limit some time ago, according to another indicator? Sponges. Analyzing sea sponges in the Caribbean, a team of researchers led by the University of Western Australia have concluded that we reached 1.7 degrees Celsius more than three years ago. Sclerosponges grow very slowly and store centuries of climate information in their limestone skeletons that resemble coral. Like ice cores and tree rings, they're used to analyze long-term ecological change, but are perhaps more helpful because they take in water from a larger area. In the Atlantic Ocean, water moves along a giant conveyor belt that takes warmer, saltier waters from tropical regions north toward Greenland, where it cools and can become diluted with fresh water from the melting ice sheet. The cooler water then sinks and returns in a southerly direction. This natural process, called the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, or AMOC, has been shown by recent research to be deteriorating faster than expected from climate change that warms the ocean and melts ice, which interferes with the pattern. Now, a new study from Utrecht University suggests that we may be on course to reach a critical tipping point at which the circulation would shut down completely and irreversibly. The study says the consequences for people in North America, Europe, and Asia would be severe, as average temperatures would drop by several degrees. At the same time, other parts of the world would continue to warm because of greenhouse gases trapping heat. Warming waters would pile up along the U.S. east coast by as much as a meter, and in addition, deep-sea creatures would perish from a lack of oxygen. Trees have been promoted as a climate solution for their ability to remove CO2 from the atmosphere. But according to a new study, some trees are struggling to breathe as the planet warms. Researchers from Penn State found that trees in warmer, drier climates are essentially coughing instead of breathing, sending more CO2 into the atmosphere than trees growing in cooler, wetter conditions. Trees absorb carbon dioxide from the air through photosynthesis. However, when they're stressed from heat or drought, a reverse process kicks in called photorespiration where the CO2 is released instead. Following an analysis of global tree tissue data, the team found that rates of photorespiration are up to two times higher in warmer climates, especially when water is limited. There has already been some skepticism that trees could be a silver bullet to mitigate the climate crisis, with a few studies saying we don't have enough land to add the numbers needed. And even if we did, it couldn't counter the huge amount of greenhouse gases being added to the atmosphere. However, there are still numerous reasons to plant trees. They provide shade to help cope with extreme heat, 
filter air pollutants, capture stormwater runoff, maintain ecosystem health, and support biodiversity. And studies have shown trees make you feel good, reducing stress, improving mental health, and strengthening immune systems, among other benefits. Finally, they say there's plenty of fish in the sea, but apparently not enough in streams, rivers, and lakes in Utah to make anglers happy. The field is getting crowded, but luckily the state has a plan, speed baiting. The idea is to pair angler personalities with a water body to help them find the one as an ongoing mega drought shrinks fishing opportunities. It's matchmaking of the rod and reel kind. In a solution developed by a team of researchers from Utah State University, surveys were conducted to classify people into groups that matched their preferred fishing experience. A resulting report identified five profiles, explorers, social, catch-focused, ambivalent, and catch-and-consume anglers. Explorers liked more secluded areas to have solitude and are comfortable in rivers and streams, while social anglers placed higher value on spending time with friends and family and would try to hook cool water species at a lake or reservoir. Catch-and-consume anglers are more likely to stick with tried-and-true areas with good water quality where they'd have a better chance of catching fish they could take home and eat. The hope is that as it becomes more expensive to raise and stock fish, state fisheries managers can provide biologically and economically sustainable opportunities for all, including that guy who forever needs to tell you about the one that got away. Support for This Week in Water comes from the Stroud Water Research Center, which produces the trusted science needed for successful stream and river conservation while fostering people's passion for the water in their lives. Learn more at stroudcenter.org. Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you.